All right, back here on Sports 1140KHTK. Capital Casino is back with indoor gaming and dining located inside at 411 North 16th Street in downtown Sacramento. All right, as we begin our final half hour, again, we're coming up at the bottom of the hour. We'll have game night as it will be the high flyer. Henry Turner, Scott Marsh, they'll have that for you. And uh, then, of course, we'll have Kings Live pregame at 630, tip-off at 7 for the Kings and the Blazers, all coming up here on your home of the Kings, Sports 1140 KHK. Speaking of that, is your chance right now to win a pair of tickets to see the Kings open up their 2021-2022 season against the Jazz on October 22nd. For tickets and more information, visit khtk.com. So 1-800-920-1140. Call in for your chance to win tickets. And let's bring up Josh first here on the show. Josh, how are you? I'm well, yourself? I'm great. I'm great. We got a question. You got to earn these tickets. So here you go. Sounds good. Since it's opening night, we're going off of last year's opening night. The Sacramento Kings opening night was actually a win last year, a great win in Denver to start 1-0. Who was the Kings' leading scorer on opening night last year? Say Buddy Heald. Buddy Heald. Oh, that's interesting. Why would you say Buddy? Mm, If I recall correctly, he was uh, was hot to start. Yeah, and he tipped in the game winner, and you know what? Uh, Josh, that game winner, put him over the top. That gave him the most points in the game. So congratulations, you won. <laughs> Thank you. There you go. Feel, feel like you guessed it, but that's okay. You got it right. Uh, hang on, Josh. We'll get your information, and you will be going to see the Kings on opening night against the Utah Jazz on October 22nd. So congratulations. Yeah, buddy, he'll drop 22, including that game-winning tip-in after Harrison Barnes missed. That was a great win in Denver. Uh, the Kings will open up their season next week against the Blazers. We get Kings and Blazers uh, coming up tonight here on KHDK. But let's get into uh, some more of the best and the worst of Week 5 of the National Football League. The best, I have to start with the league itself, the drama that we had. There were so many incredible football games that took place this weekend uh, from the drama of the Packers and the Bengals with neither kicker wanting to prevail um, we had great outcomes and well-played games, and just the morning had so many games that came right down to the end. That was absolutely fantastic. Uh, we had the Chargers, the Bills, Tom Brady. There's so many things to look at. Let's first listen to um, part of that drama, right? If you if you followed the end of the Vikings and the Lions game, this was wild. I feel for Detroit. They're trying to get their first win. They're up, or they're trailing by seven. Vikings are trying to secure the game. They can't on a third down. They end up turning the ball over so Detroit has a shot Detroit scores has the guts to go for two they do score that leaving just a little bit of time left up by one and you're thinking man Detroit's going to finally break through but here's that NFL drama that we talk about as uh, Minnesota got into a chance for the win and here's how it sounded 54 yard try left hash snap spot Joseph, excellent leg, get up there, and yes, it is good! And the Minnesota Vikings have defeated the Detroit Lions, 19-17. Greg Joseph, you're the man! (laughs) Yeah, that call was from the Minnesota Vikings radio network, and tough, tough loss for Detroit. Man. Just tough loss. We're going to hear from uh, Dan Campbell coming up a little bit too here uh, on the other side of things. But uh, that's the drama we were talking about. The NFL can provide that. The Vikings and Lions, not a great game, 
but you just don't know what's going to happen on a on a week five NFL action. There was just so many great moments. The wild game of the day, one of the wild moments that I don't know that I've seen before. Packers and Bengals. They're going back and forth. Looks like neither team wants to win this game. It's tied at 22 um, late in regulation. And you have a situation. Oh, Chris, do we need to do a uh, a stinger first for the Red Sox? I know I'm audibling on you here. It's Noma Gassiapara! <laughs> well, it wasn't Noma, but it was Raphael Devers who has just hit a three-run shot to dead center. And Boston has now taken a 3-0 lead on Tampa Bay in the bottom of the third. Remember, the Rays have won 100 games. This is an AL East battle and a a Boston win here, and they are on to the American League Championship Series. So they strike first with a three-run home run. All right, let's go back to the NFL. The Packers, uh, they're in action against the Bengals. That game was tied at 22. Final couple of minutes of the game. And the Packers get themselves in field goal range just a little bit over two minutes to go. And Mason Crosby, who's been a great kicker, missed. So you're thinking, oh, man, what a what a missed opportunity there for Green Bay. But that was the first of the misses, just getting started. Now Cincinnati gets themselves with a chance to go win the game. They drive downfield, but they have to settle for a really long field goal with just a closing second to go, a 57-yarder. That kick was missed. Now, because they kicked from so far away, that gave Aaron Rodgers the spot where all he needed to do was complete a pass or two with just the fractions of seconds that were left, and it got Crosby in field goal position again as time ran out. He missed. So now you've had three kicks that were missed. We go into overtime. Packers first with the ball after an interception by Burrow, and they kick early because all it's, the next kick is going to win it here. Well, Mason Crosby missed again. Unbelievable. Cincinnati drives the field. They think they make the kick except for they didn't. So now there's been five missed kicks. It sets up this final chance at a game-winning field goal. Mason Crosby for the win. Snap and placement. Here's the kick. It is up. It is good. Mason Crosby got it done. Fourth time a charm. Fourth time a charm for Mason Crosby. And the Packers win it in overtime. 25-22. to You talk about mental tenacity. You talk, folks, you talk about stones. Mason Crosby on one of the worst days of his career gets another chance for the fourth time to win this game. And on the fourth time, he gets it done. He has so much equity with that organization. I mean, most kickers don't don't survive that. I think he might, and he had been. He had the long streak going of made kicks, and then all of a sudden he just couldn't make one. But he hits the game winner, 49-yarder after those three misses as Green Bay. Remember when they were 0-1? Now all of a sudden four straight wins. They're 4-1, feeling much better about themselves after the 25-22 overtime win. All right, the game that I was so excited about, there were two games this weekend that I thought just on the paper and the way they were set up um, were set up for high-level drama and high-level success. And it did play out that way for sure. Um, oh, Chris, we need another stinger in Fenway Park. It's no that three-run lead is now a four-run lead. Verdugo has just knocked in another run as Boston now leads Tampa Bay four to nothing in that uh, playoff game there. So it slips sliding away a little bit on the Rays, the favorite in this series. Um, the situation now. 
that I was talking about as far as the two games I was most looking forward to, both in the AFC. You had the Sunday night game with the Bills and the Chiefs. But before that, you had the Chargers and the Browns. Where I was wrong on this game, I was pretty certain with these two very good defenses, specifically the Browns, I thought we were going to have a low-scoring, kind of a 21-17, something like that, classic battle. And for a while, we were there. But that's what could happen in the NFL. It could change on you quickly. This game had a little bit of everything because it was playing in that lower-scoring game until we got to the fourth quarter. Uh, The fourth quarter had a combined 41 points scored between the two teams. Uh, But it was a big day for the Chargers. Here's how it finished. Five seconds on the clock. Herbert takes a knee. Chargers win. And they improved to four and one and sit atop the AFC West. And Justin Herbert, 398 yards. Again, another big day for him. Eckler had three touchdowns. This was a fantastic game. And even just the, the strategy that was deployed at the end of the game where neither team could stop the other one. And the Chargers were in a position where they could just expire the clock and hit a short field goal. Uh, the Browns let them score on purpose. They just pushed them into the end zone to give them an opportunity to have the ball one more time. It didn't work. Uh, they got the stop the Chargers needed, so the Chargers got the win 47-42. They love their quarterback, and I understand why. Herbert has just been amazing. Again, his final number is 26-43, 398, and four touchdowns. And here's Herbert after the game. As long as there's time on the clock and, and downs to be played, we've got a chance. You know, it, it didn't go the way we thought it was going to today. We didn't ex- imagine to, to put up 47 points like that. But uh, sometimes that's, that's how, how you have to win games in the NFL. And so now you start to look at win resume for the Chargers. When you look at records, you start to go, okay, are they really good? Are they legit? Well, they found a way to win week one against Washington. That was a game we've talked about them before where they – Chargers, I think in the last five to ten years, have lost more close games, found ways to lose games than just about any other team. The Cowboys kind of flipped that on the Chargers and beat them in a game the Chargers could have won. So now they're 1-1. But since then, they beat the Chiefs at Arrowhead. They beat the Raiders in uh, at home uh, in Los Angeles and then just beat the Browns. So that's three good teams they've just defeated. They've got the Ravens. Uh, in their next game. So if they do that with four quality AFC wins on fringe playoff teams like the Raiders and playoff teams that you expect like the Browns, the Ravens, and the Chiefs, that's a huge statement that would be made uh, by the Chargers if they can continue to do that. All right, we need another stinger at Fenway. We need a pitching change, I think, is what's going on here for Tampa. 5 nothing, Boston. It was a classic green monster single. And, yep, here comes Kevin Cash to make the switch as uh, Tampa, a 100-win team, is in major trouble, down 5 nothing to Boston. That came still in the early innings, but uh, Tampa is in big-time trouble. All right, so we mentioned what the Chargers have done and continue to do. If they continue to roll here with wins over the Ravens, after that, they got the Patriots and Eagles and Vikings. There's some there's some wins ahead, and the Chargers look really, really good. I love it even watching a lot of that game yesterday, and I've been talking about being a fan of their head coach, uh, Coach Daly. He has looked at odds, looked at numbers. He coaches non-fear-based. He's going to be aggressive. They went for a fourth and two early in the game. I think it was at their own 18-yard line. 
was totally unfazed, and they handed it off and got four yards. Yeah, the risk was they don't get the first down, and the Browns have great field position. I think the Chargers were trailing at the time. He just goes, we have four downs. Let's go get the first down. And they just play aggressively. It, it seemingly has worked more times than not for them, and I really like to see it. It's been, it's been fun to see him coach that way and approach the games that way. The other game that I think had a lot of attention to it, understandably so, uh, was the Bills. They were another one of the best of the weekend. They looked awesome uh, in their win yesterday against the Chiefs. The snap to Josh. Keeps it himself. Going to throw it into the end zone. It is caught. Touchdown, Buffalo. Emmanuel Sanders. Touchdown, Bills. That should just about do it with 5.51 left to play. Dominant performance. Buffalo goes to 4-1. and one. They beat the Chiefs, dropped them to 2-3. and three. Josh Allen was great. This was the revenge game from the AFC title game, and Buffalo looked great. I mean, they really were balanced. Offense was good and sharp. They handled the uh, weather delay of that long extended halftime with the lightning and, and situation they had going on at Arrowhead. But this was a team that you know, once the schedule came out, this game meant a lot to the Buffalo Bills, probably far more to the Bills than it did to the Chiefs. And now Kansas City is the team we're wondering about. But as far as the best of the weekend, you look at what the Bills did, uh, you look at what the Chargers did, the drama that the NFL weekend had. And you know another one that's, that has to get thrown in there because um, this has been talked about what kind of season he's already having and not that he needs any more attention. But Tom Brady, man, for the first time in his career, to have a day that he did yesterday, I can't believe he's never done that before where he's thrown for over 400 yards and five touchdowns in the same game. And that offense is so scary good. And the fact that he's protected all the time, looks poised and comfortable, has the full grasp of exactly what they want to do, and did a lot of that without Gronk, too, right? He's been out for the last two weeks. So when they have the full complement of all their pieces, Tampa's going to be a problem. We've seen it. They're 4-1. and one. They had um, kind of that emotional game for Brady and everybody in, in – um, New England the week before, and once they made it through that, they just cruised yesterday to a 45-17, just dominant performance. All right, now we got to go to the flip side of things, those that had the worst of the NFL weekend. And uh, I, I would put the Raiders there, that's for sure, just a, a loss that we didn't see coming, a game that you expected so much more from them and their offense. So the Raiders lets down, let everybody down on that worst side of things. Um, I'm going to go to one here on the injury side. We saw so many injuries again happen yesterday. Word from Pittsburgh, Juju Smith-Schuster, injured shoulder. It's going to be season-ending surgery, so he is going to be out for at least four months. So that's, that's unfortunate. You hate to see that happen. You could tell when he got hurt that he was in pain, that he was definitely in pain. And speaking of injuries, man, this team got hit by him yesterday. Here's an injury in the New York Giants game with the Cowboys. Jones back, looks left, throws the slant over the head of Barkley, incomplete. And Barkley got run into after the fact, and he's going to hobble off. Boy, Jones got to make a better throw there. Barkley is there, and then he, he accidentally banged legs with Jordan Lewis. Yeah, and the result was a rolled ankle there for Saquon Barkley. The, the former number two pick for the Giants, they showed him go to the sideline right away, took the tape off and everything in his shoe and sock, and it swole, uh, the swelling happened immediately for him. So he was done for the game. That was just the start of the injuries for the Giants, who were 
you know, playing the rival Cowboys, Cowboys offense cruising yet again, another big offensive performance for them. But the Giants have already been an, a banged-up team. They had players that weren't even available for the game, but you have Saquon Barkley getting hurt. And then the situation for Daniel Jones, if anybody saw that one, where he was trying to run to get into the end zone, was fighting for the pylon, kind of was leading with his head. He got hit helmet to helmet and stopped short of the goal line. And then when he got up, he was woozy. He couldn't walk straight. Um, it was a scary, scary sight. He was definitely uh, taken to the um, medical tent, ultimately carted off the field, and was done for the day. And you just wonder about the concussion protocol going forward. Let's hear from their head coach, Joe Judge, talking about the injuries and specifically the one to Daniel Jones. You don't want anybody to get hurt. You don't want your teammates to get hurt. You don't want the other team to get hurt either. Now, I say it all the time, but that's just the truth. You know, in terms of, you know, the next man up mentality, I thought there's a lot of good examples today. You know, in the game of guys stepping up and taking on different roles and being productive, making plays. The guys who left the game, see where they're at. I couldn't give you any answers in terms of next week at this point right now. We'll see where they're at. Yeah, and so in this situation, uh, Mike Glennon had to come in. You know, he's a professional quarterback, professional backup, but it's just not the same. And then when you lose a guy, I would think the Giants don't have any many bright spots, but a couple of them would be Saquon Barkley, who was coming off having a couple of good games lately, and then Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones is starting to look like the franchise quarterback that they thought he could be. And when he goes to make a football play, right, he's trying to do the right thing and trying to make a play for the offense, for the team, dives head first and then hit helmet to helmet. And like I said, looked like a boxer, just woozy, uh, jelly legs, couldn't even walk back to the huddle, and you had to take him out. You had to. I mean, it was just one of those things that was brutal to watch. It reminds you of how physical the sport is. Not that we don't know that, but sometimes you get reminded of that. And it was just, it was a, it was a hard watch. That was one of the worst things of the weekend as well. And then uh, the other one we played on the positive side was the Vikings getting the game-winning field goal. Well, the Lions, another loss. They're still winless. And we've talked about how they're playing for their coach, Dan Campbell, um, who obviously had a very uh, bizarre introductory press conference talking about biting kneecaps and all the things he was they were the team is going to do but the point being they were going to compete they're going to fight they're going to know that you played the Detroit Lions well it also could be an emotional sport here's the coach after the loss when you uh, when you see your players give all that they have and uh, and you lose that way it's tough you know you don't want that for them so um, but we'll be better for it you know, and there again, credit Minnesota, but, um, you know, we we made the one mistake that cost us, you know, and uh, and so ultimately, you know, it uh, we, didn't, we didn't do enough to win, but I was proud of them, and I love the fight they have in them, and I love the grit. Well, again, that's Dan Campbell, as big, as tough of a – of a guy as you get, former NFL player, didn't have the best run in, in Miami before. And, again, we said he had a weird introductory press conference for the Detroit Lions. But it sure looks like his players want to play for him, and he's he got emotional after that loss. And, and just watching that, um, you realize, and coaches say this, and sometimes we, we all take this for granted how, how they'll just drop the, well, it's tough to win in this league. It is. It is. Detroit's not far off, but they're far enough off to which they haven't been able to get a victory yet, though they've been close. And yesterday, I'm sure he felt the pressure to get that first win and feels 
you know, when he goes through the bold move of calling a two-point conversion late and they succeed and they go ahead, you feel like, okay, this is going to be one heck of a locker room that's going to celebrate the first win for him, for this organization this year. And then they give up the last-second walk-off field goal and they get their hearts ripped out. And they got to go back again, just trying to break the losing streak. It's tough. It is absolutely tough. A couple other things from uh, the NFL, if you're joining us late. News from the 49ers today. Uh, looks like Trey Lance has uh, an injury, sprained left knee for the rookie quarterback. It says it sounds like he might miss some time. No clarity on the amount of time, if that will be even much past this week. Remember, they have a bye this week, and they do, the 49ers do hope to have uh, Jimmy Garoppolo back uh, in the mix, uh, maybe even as soon as next Sunday night when they take on the Colts. The Colts will be in action tonight when they get the Baltimore Ravens, and we will have Kings basketball coming your way here uh, at the 7 o'clock hour. The High Flyer, Henry Turner, and Scott Marsh will have game night coming your way at the bottom of the hour tonight, though. No Halliburton, no Heald, Thompson, or Bagley. Looks like Lillard, McCullum, Powell, Ben McLemore, Snell, and Zeller are all out for Portland. So definitely has the feel of the preseason, right, with the, this game and one more to go, which will be Thursday, the final home preseason game for the Kings when they take on the Lakers. Um, speaking of the feel of the preseason, this is when you want to get it all out. But my goodness, have you seen the early numbers on Russell Westbrook and the Lakers? Westbrook has been awful. And that'll change right over time, you you believe. But it, just a couple of games, shooting percentage is just abysmal. He has 15 turnovers in two games. Lakers will take their time to get right, but uh, they'll, be, they'll be a threat when the season uh, comes around. All right, before we get out of here, we got to get the uh, crossover from the morning show. What's happening on the Carmichael Dave Show? Let's find out right now with the crossover. Here's today's crossover. Jason Ross crossover time. And by the time you hear this, it will just be mere minutes, if not an hour or so, away from it actually happening. Give me your pick tonight. Giants, Dodgers, Chavez, Ravine. I want you to call your shot. Not only the winner, give me the final score. Okay. Well, uh, we're talking about the lineups today. A couple of subtle changes from Dave Roberts. He's going to have Albert Pujols in there instead of Bellinger. Um, A prediction on tonight's game. Well, I like the setup today better for the Dodgers based on Scherzer pitching tonight for L.A. So I'm going to lean there, and what I had said earlier in the show, too, is what will be the reaction of the losing manager? If that prediction comes through, what is Gabe Kapler going to do for Game 4? Is there a sense of desperation to put Webb in for Game 4, or do you try to keep him on traditional rest and then have the momentum of winning a Game 4 and have him for Game 5? That's the decision the losing manager is going to be in tonight. But you asked a prediction, so I'll go Dodgers, and we haven't had a close one yet, so... Uh, Dodgers in extra innings. How about that? Let's make it drama-filled. Um, and we'll go 6-5. Dodgers in 11. How about that? But I want five games, so the Giants find a way to win tomorrow. We get a fifth game. How about that? So we'll extend it all the way out there. As far as baseball right now, updating you on that, it's still 5 nothing Boston. That's against Tampa Bay in the top of the fourth. Monday Night Football has just begun. Colts and Ravens to close out this week. And that is no score. Oh, actually, the Colts have just scored as we speak. Carson Wentz, a short pass to uh, Jonathan Taylor for 76 yards. Wow, Taylor did the rest of that work there. So 76 yards. Colts lead the Ravens 7 to nothing uh, in that game. Actually, I think I have something for that, Jason. Zinger for the Colts? 
I think so. Oh, you were I was working on it. I don't know if I finished it, but I'm pretty sure. But well, even if no, better, a... no better time than now to find out, huh? Let's see. We're purple. Purple Buddha Raiders. <laughs> Good. Good. So uh, knowing uh, that was Peyton there and you guys are NFL call, um, did you have one for the Ravens? Have you been cooking one up for them? That one I didn't get finished. Okay, well, this worked out, Chris. You'd worked out the one, and that's the only score we have. So 7 nothing. Carson Wentz is hooked up with Taylor. 76-yard touchdown pass as that game is It's only in its first uh, two minutes, so they've just begun uh, that one. So uh, you're caught up on all the scores. Again, Kings basketball tonight. We're going to be back tomorrow, though, to recap all of this and still another chance tomorrow for our WWE tickets and certainly for Jason, Kings. breaking news. Uh-oh, what do you got? I found the Ravens sounder. Oh, you found it. Okay. We uh, this has got to be a theme we continue all all season long. For you got what are you going to do with the NBA? We got to have uh, baseball playoffs, NFL. You've liked this project, haven't you? I have. You have. Well, it's still seven nothing. We have to hold off on that Ravens Ravens sounder as the Colts lead that one. All right, that's going to do it for us today. We do have game night coming your way next as Scott Marsh and High Flyer Henry Turner have that. Uh, we're back again tomorrow at 3, back at the studio. Uh, and, again, we're back at 6.30 for Kings Live pregame. All coming up right here on Sports 1140 KHDK. See you.